Hey, Bucket Busters. Throw down with NBA props on Thrive Fantasy. Compete for over $2,000 guaranteed in prizes daily. Use the code BUSTED when you sign up and receive an instant deposit match up to $50 with a minimum of a $20 deposit. Come prop up today. Now, here are the guys. What's good, Bucket Busters? This is your host, Ro Zapanta, and this is my co-host, the glorious, the notorious, Tim Johnson. Rep City! And this is the Busted Buckets Podcast, locally grown here in Portland, Oregon, the city of roses, the city of bridges, Stumptown PDX. We are a show with no rules, just a couple of friends who so happen to love Portland basketball. Tim Johnson, mm-hmm. how you living, my friend? Dude, I'm doing so good right now. The, we're coming off a Blazers win, and my NFL team, the Packers, just advanced <laughs> to the next round. Let's go, baby! You just had to throw that in. I had to. You just had to throw that in. <laughs> had to. Yes, the Blazers are coming off another win against the Hawks. But I want to give it a little rewind here, and we're going to talk about the Pacers game, the loss against the Pacers, not to bring us down, but just to kind of set up what happened in the Hawks game, because mm-hmm. we were without Nurkic. Mm-hmm. So in the Pacers game, we lost mm-hmm. 132 to 126. Tim Johnson, in general, how did you feel about that Pacers game? You know, I felt like that was kind of a tough game to watch for me, um, you know, we lost Nurk, unfortunately, pretty early on, and that that sucked. Um, but besides that, it was you know kind of more of the same of what we saw in the beginning of the season. Like there wasn't a whole lot of energy out there, and uh, you know Sabonis was pretty much doing whatever he wanted and getting away with it. Um, you know, and, and I don't mean I don't mean like officiating wise, he was getting away with it. I just mean like he was a man amongst boys out there. Um, so, you know, I mean, CJ and Dame, they did what we expect them to do. Uh, it's just the, the rest of the team didn't really show up. Yeah. And I'm going to agree. I think that that game was more of a testament of how good the Pacers really are. I mean, they went with this Brogdon and Sabonis experiment and it is really good. Like really good. Yeah. It's working. And, 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 And I'll give them credit at through some stretches of the game they did play pretty good defense yeah definitely and i mean miles turner i mean Mm -hmm. 11 points 10 rebounds and four blocks yeah um i mean he was he was an animal he just felt like he was altering shots left and right no one looked really comfortable attacking the paint Mm -hmm. whenever miles turner was there and I mean, his numbers are kind of a reflection of Nurk getting injured, and maybe we should just fast forward to that, talking about the impact of Nurk mm-hmm. and just not having him for for at least eight weeks. So his his a uh, his out for eight weeks minimum right. uh, after surgery. Whenever he gets his surgery, mm-hmm. um, Tim, what do you what do you think is the biggest part of just losing Yusuf Nurkic? Well, I mean, you you lose a, a key. Uh, contributor in your lineup, right? I mean, the the guys have said it on the team before. The team rolls when Nurk rolls, and without Nurk, who who's gonna be that that spark? You know, because like I said, we we know what we're gonna get from Dame and CJ for the most part. Um, 
but who's going to be that third guy that comes in and, and, and starts, you know, making those emotional effort plays to get the rest of the guys going? Um, you know, I, I, I don't want to jump ahead too far, but I mean, I think, you know, the game tonight, we saw that from from Cantor and, and Derek Jones Jr. And, and Trent. But like I said, we'll get into that in a little bit. But, you know, I, I think the biggest question becomes... If Nurk is out for eight weeks or longer, um, how does the team move forward? How what's what's the game plan to get us through that stretch? Because you know, eight weeks is a long time. I think that the Blazers have to make a move of some sort. Yeah, I mean, like even before the Nurkic injury, it just kind of felt like there was one more move to make, and it was actually for a big man, maybe a rim protector, a more reliable one. Um, just because, you know, with, with Cantor, you don't really get that defensive presence there, but you get a lot of offensive presence, um, a lot of offensive rebounds. With Giles, I think it breaks my heart to say this, but I think he's not getting minutes for a reason that we just might not see. Like, yeah. he has flashes of, of really good play, but there must be something else. There has to be something else. The reason why Stotts isn't playing him minutes. But with that being said... Um, you know, I reached out uh, on our on our Facebook page, our Facebook group page. Actually, I said, "What do you guys want to hear about this Nurk injury?" And Blazer Ben asked, "With Nurk out for eight weeks, do we look for a short term replacement, or do we roll with Cantor and your homeboy, Giles, or go out and get a Tyson Chandler?" Tim, what do you think about this suggestion? Well. You know, Tyson Chandler would be fine. Uh, you know, today my mind actually went straight to uh, JaVale McGee because I saw the Cavs might be shopping him. I think JaVale would be great coming off the bench. Um, I think he'd be awesome. Especially in a rotation with with Cantor, Giles, and, and, and McGee. I mean, that would be, that would be pretty awesome, <laughs> I think. Uh, but then you also got to talk about the other... Um, the other guys up for you know potential trades and and, and other free agents, right? Um, PJ Tucker was one that we were we had been talking about. I think he would fit in here phenomenally, and his draft stock seems to be kind of low right now. Yeah, I mean, if you want someone that's gonna like that, you just want to bring in for a small ball five. I mean, who else better than PJ Tucker? I mean, he's already proven that he could do that um, in Houston. And I don't think he's going to come with a very expensive price tag. I mean, the rumors are, I mean, the Rockets are looking for only like two second round picks. I don't know if that's true. If we throw in something else in there too. I mean, what are picks to us anyway right now? Like Nothing. You've said it before, like picks, whoever we pick in those rounds aren't going to see minutes on the floor, aren't going to help this team right now win a championship. So right. why not just grab someone like a PJ Tucker? Right. And if, and if, and if a team is, is going to have a fire sale, why shouldn't the Blazers benefit from that? If you've got, if you can have, if you have the opportunity to get in there and pick someone up on the cheap, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Especially I mean, in this current situation that we're in definitely in the current situation that we're in and speaking of the current situation that we're in without Nurk we had our first game today tonight against the Hawks in which we won mm-hmm. 112 to 106 mm-hmm. it was a tight unfortunately, game unfortunately when it rains it pours and 
Such is life. Such is life as a Trailblazer fan. Am I right? <laughs> Absolutely right. Absolutely man. right. Uh, yeah, and and to tell you the truth, man, uh, watching it live, then going back and watching the replay. Thank you, RJ. Um, it doesn't look good. That's for sure. Because uh, no. you know, generally, you roll your ankle, you're rolling to the outside. CJ had someone land on his foot and rolled it to the inside. So I wouldn't be surprised if CJ is looking at missing some time. As it stands, they said he he wasn't coming back in for um, um, a foot. What was it? A foot sprain? Yeah, foot but, sprain. You know, I think I think maybe they just called it a foot sprain because they had to call it something. Uh, he was able to walk off under his own uh, body weight. Um, no help needed, but he, he was definitely affected. You could see that. Uh, he yeah, he, he was... did he did actually return to the game and play a little longer, um, but obviously the pain got worse, or or maybe the inflammation got worse, uh, and he wasn't able to uh, to finish the game. It's real unfortunate because. That was the guy that has been carrying us. Yeah, I mean, like, before he didn't come back for the second half, I mean, he was shooting, let's see, 54% for field goals, and he was also shooting 57% from three-point line. I mean, he was still efficient, even mm-hmm. though he was yeah, playing through uh, whatever injury that he has. He played 19 minutes but and think... dropped 16 points. I mean, he, he was definitely efficient. Yeah, I mean, he was still cooking he was still in his bag definitely and you know i guess the the fun part about this i don't want to say something's fun when someone gets injured but uh the fun part sort of uh is just damian lillard had to take over he had to take over the team and you could see it early on um in the second half that he just wanted to put the team on his back Mm -hmm. and be aggressive he shot 23 times this game uh, he shot at a 43% mm-hmm. clip from three-pointer. He had pretty good efficiency. I mean, 33%. Um, and he ended up with, let's see, 36, 7, and 7. So he had pretty good production. Tim, what did mm-hmm. you think about Dame? Uh, you know, Dame was Dame was good. Uh, what drives me nuts about Dame is he's always looking for a call. You know, I mean, he, he gets them for the most part. But, I mean, it's just he goes through these stretches where... Um, you know, he plays for the foul instead of right, playing right. to make the bucket or the right play, you know. But, uh, you know, Dame was good. Um, you know, he could have shot better from three. Mm-hmm. Can I make a comment about the, the buying for fouls, though? Sure. He he did shoot 12 free throws, though, and he was 100%. He so did. that's the part that I did like to see is that he was getting to the line. He did. Yeah. I mean, when you're playing for the foul you're going to get some fouls, right? True, um, true. You know, I'll, I'll also throw in there, uh, if we're talking about guys who actually made the made the game worth watching, if you will, uh, Derek Jones Jr. quickly becoming my third favorite trailblazer on the roster, uh, out there making hustle plays, sacrificing his body, you know, giving us those highlight plays with the dunks, with the steals, um, he definitely made a difference tonight, and his canter. Did you already touch on him? Did I zone that out? I, I did not. I did not. And his and his canter. We're talking twelve points, fifteen boards, and drum roll, five blocks. 
This guy was making a difference. Yep. This guy Five was making a difference. Blocks. Uh -huh. I was absolutely shocked when I saw that stat. Yeah. I mean, with the rebounds alone, I mean, he had six offensive rebounds, too. Well, but you know we're going to get that from Cantor. He's an offensive monster. Six is monster. still a lot, though. <laughs> well, yeah, it is. But, you know, yeah. you say you say uh, six offensive rebounds is a lot. Uh, another reason why I'm really enjoying watching Derek Jones Jr. He had five offensive rebounds. Yeah, and I think with Nurk being out, it was just interesting to see what the lineups were. Mm -hmm. I mean, you saw Cantor, of course, with increased minutes. But then you see that small ball sort of feel with Roko at the five which I think will eventually work I think this is something that that Portland needs to be patient with okay um I why don't you go ahead and first and tell me what you think of Roko <laughs> I mean Just I go, think go I think it. I think you know my thoughts uh surrounding Roko <laughs> uh you know his <laughs> how do I say this nicely uh I think I've said it before he's not as advertised so far yeah i think i think you're right on well, you're you're pretty much i've said it before you're like the pulse of of the fan base here for the for the blazers and how how you feel about roco but sorry to cut you off go ahead no that's Continue. okay so you know he shot one of 13 one of oh. seven from beyond the arc um he did have 10 rebounds uh three assists but you know we need we need more offensive production than hitting one shot in the game, right? right? Uh, I don't care what right. you do defensively. You gotta hit, you gotta shoot better than one for thirteen. Um, you know, it, he makes big plays from now and again, uh, but I I think what we expected versus what we're getting, it has to be more. It has to be more, and and I right. and I hope I hope he starts bringing it. Um, but, but I am glad that you mentioned the, uh, the, the, the lineup changes, um, because one thing I wanted to mention was that I, I believe we had talked about Mello and Cantor being on the floor before and how it just doesn't work. I know, I know the, the various, uh, media outlets have said the same thing. Uh, social media has said the same thing. But I think what we saw tonight was that Derek Jones Jr. and Ennis Cantor worked very well together. Yeah, really well together. Really well together. And I, I think that experimenting with, with Nurk out is kind of exciting to me because the big part is that I saw the ball moving around a lot more with these lineups. Like when yes. Roko is small ball five... Uh, I know that he's awful and he, he missed a lot of shots, but I think the ball flies around more with him in the lineup. So that's why I'm saying, that's why I'm preaching yes. to all of Rip City. Let's be patient with this. Let's let's have Roko have the five and see what happens. Because honestly, I think there's a different energy that happens when we play small ball. You know, um, I'm glad you brought up energy. Uh, I'm, I'm going to interject real quick because... <laughs> Before the game started, you, I'm watching the broadcast, and for the first time in my entire life of watching the Blazers play on TV, one of the keys to the game was spirit. <laughs> Somebody explain to me 
why spirit has to be one of the keys to winning the game. Should a team not be out there with spirit every night? I think what this, <laughs> what I gathered from that, what my takeaway from this is that somebody else sees what I've been seeing, that these guys are out there playing without any heart. But for the yeah. first time ever in my entire life, I saw spirit as a key to the game. Mike Rice, what do you feel about that? That's what I got to say. <laughs> I think I think they're sort of onto something. Maybe they're kind of referring to like the whole like Nurkic injury and they they think they need to like 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 band come together, together or something. Yeah, band together and kind of overcome adversity again. I mean, I, I get um, that, but that, that's like the blazer way, right? Overcoming adversity yeah. cuz we get adversity dumped on us daily <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> that's true that is kind of a sad thing to kind of have on there but i don't think that's a blazer's fault i think i think that might be the broadcasting's fault <laughs> i don't think they should have that on there because no. honestly when i watch most of the blazers i think they play very very hard on offense <laughs> it's the defensive spirit that i like to see more and i think that's um that's sort of the key to the game I think every game is just us playing more and more defense. Mm -hmm. And um, with that being said, I mean, with with CJ's injury, what I what I did like to see are other people to get shine. Mm -hmm. And um, the person that I saw get some shine is Gary Trent Jr. Uh, and his offensive playmaking. He he scored 18 points tonight. Yes, um, and, and that is something that I'm looking forward to watching more. Well, and you had mentioned uh, Rocco uh, being in the the small ball lineup and watching the ball uh, move around more. And I actually, I I hate to say, I don't want to bring this up, but I'm going to, because I know I'm going to be in the minority here. But after CJ goes down. We see in the fourth quarter, we see Gary Trent Jr. in there. And I saw some of the better ball movement I've seen this season. And I will, I, what I was thinking was that, is it hurting us with Dame and CJ playing together at the same time? Or is it is it is it a better benefit to have Gary playing alongside Dame or CJ because he's not so much focused on the ISO ball. It was an interesting thought that that arose as I was watching that. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are on it, but I, I definitely liked what I saw from that that closing unit. I liked what I saw from that closing unit too. I mean, we've we've seen this before. I mean, in the bubble, Dame goes down game five against the Lakers. And CJ was really the only like primary ball handler slash ISO player, so the mm -hmm. ball flew around a lot more. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know why I'm randomly think of this, but I wish we had Winyan Gabriel <laughs> to help with the whole <laughs> energy, man. Injury. Energy, oh right? I think is over somewhere else now. I think it's in like Philly or something like that. Anyway, um, 
yeah, I mean, it. We, we've seen it before where the ball flies, flies around better. I think Stott should experiment more with that, like switching them up in the lineups more and then maybe mm-hmm. having them join forces in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will have to monitor for that. I mean, I hope CJ doesn't miss time. Yeah. But I think that we are in pretty good hands because we still have Melo, which gives us offensive firepower. We still have mm-hmm. Gary Trent Jr. We have people that could step up. Yes. Um, and I think that's the biggest takeaway that we could take uh, from this game is that we do have people that can step up. Mm-hmm. Uh, just people need to hit their shots. Yes. Like Roko. Yep. Um, and with that being said, you know, I'm going to conclude talking about the last two games and I'm actually going to bring in a new segment led by our DJ that gives us the music for the podcast, who gives our genuine our general feel for the Busted Bucket podcast. And he is going to give us topics that surround a theme or a game. And it's a brand new segment that we are calling Scratching It Up with JJ. <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome, welcome, my friend. Up, it's man? good to have you again. Thanks. You know, um, I just wanted to talk some basketball with my dudes over here. And first things first, we got to talk about this hard into the nets. I mean, you guys talked about it on the last pod. <laughs> but, Tim, <laughs> yeah, I, I need to ask you, um, when you think about these superpowers combining into one collective make sure this is multiple choice okay yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) before we get started what is your whole like mentality about these superpowers coming together specifically the nets right now i mean honestly i i could care less what team it is um you know i don't i don't necessarily agree with the way that harden left his team Mm -hmm. uh but you know i think that if if certain players want to play with certain other players, then they should be allowed to go play with those certain other players, right? Um, you know, like like if I was hooping with... If I was in the NBA hooping on one team and Roe was hooping on another team, of course I would want to go to that team and play. You know, even if I did make the mistake of leaving that initial team uh, to begin with. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm fine with the super teams, I just hope that some like underdog story comes through and just totally annihilates these super teams out of nowhere so that we can move on. Like what team? Uh, hopefully the Blazers. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There Man, you go. I would love that too. I mean, a homegrown team like the Blazers taking down superpowers. I mean, that's, that's what you dream of. Yeah, I mean, man. with the whole James Harden thing, the thing that upsets me about it, though, is he, he kind of sounds like, okay, so when when you want to break up, okay, when you want to break up with a girlfriend, right, you you do the whole humble thing where you're like, oh, I'm sorry, it's it's me. It's not you, it's me. No, I don't. We're, we're <laughs> Tim just bucks. Then, <laughs> just bucks. He goes, hey, man. Hey, goes, man. Goes, the best though. The best, the, the best approach, in my opinion, is just to be straightforward. 
But that straightforward but honesty Harden, is key, baby. <laughs> Harden just goes for the heart. He's just like, nah, it's you guys. You're not talented enough. Like, you can't fix this situation. Like, I'm just done here. It's not me. It's you. That's what bothers me. Hey, man. When you're done, you're done, though, right? When you're done, you're done. We all know that. We've all been in a situation where when you're done, you're done. And you're going to do whatever it takes. I haven't broken as many hearts as Tim Johnson. Uh, None. I I don't break hearts. Obviously. (laughs) (laughs) I don't break hearts. I've I've been married for a long time. (laughs) <laughs> that, that's a very safe answer. Very safe answer. I did want to introduce uh, this topic, which is you know, where I always thought, you know, you you always take the blame, you take self responsibility, but this time I want to direct that that energy, that negative energy, onto people. So okay. <laughs> let's make this fun. We're going to call this the blame game. Who was responsible for this team not winning it at all? You have A, the players, B, the coach, or C, the front office. Okay? Mm. Ooh, interesting. Wait, wait, wait. let me write this down. Let me write this down so I get it right. So A, are the players. Yep. Uh Uh-huh. B. Okay, B, we have the coach. And C, and C is the front front office. office. Okay. There's always one person just slowing up the class like this, by the way. Yeah, it's, <laughs> like, it's me every time. Three thi- you can't yo, remember three options. Yo, it's Johnson. me every single time. I promise you. <laughs> all right. All right. I'm excited right. for this. Let's go. Okay, let's do it. All right. First, I wanted to go to the ultimate dream team that did not win it. The 2004 dream team comprised mm. of my boy, AI. Mr. Allen oh, Iverson, Iverson, Tim Duncan as the other team captain, and a very, very young Melo, LeBron, and Wade. Was Did they not win the gold medal for the USA because of the players, the coaching staff, Larry Brown was the coach, or the front office because they did not comprise the right roster? with enough role players that's a good question uh because i do feel like that team was comprised of a bunch of maybe shoot first if if you will uh players um man that's a tough question actually I'm gonna wait and see what Rose says so I can <laughs> so I can piggyback on it. <laughs> Alright. My first thing is Hall of Famers. These guys are Hall of Famers. Right? Future Hall of Famers. I know some of part. them were young at the time. But man, you know who the real coaches are on the Olympics? The players. The players. They'll do whatever they want to do. So you have to blame the players. It's got to be chemistry thing. You got to be able to figure it out. I know the coaches have a little bit to say of like, you know, we're going to run this play. We're going to do this now. You know, you got to have like the right roster combinations. But dude. Well, hold on. Hold on. I'm going to I'm going to interject because didn't coach K coach all the other teams besides this team? I want to say yes. Can can. RJ, can you can you fact check that for us? Who uh, 
who coached that team. Because if you're right, then that's kind of telling. Uh, hey, but I will. I you go know ahead. this one. I think it's a combination. Honestly, Kiko. I think it's gotta be. It's gotta be. Uh, you can't play the. You can't blame the players, because the players are gonna do what they do, right? You you comprise this team based off of what those players do in the regular season, right? In, in the playoffs, in in the in the NBA, um, I think it's a combination of the people that compose this team. Mm, okay. And I think I think it's it comes down to the coach too, the coaches. Dude, my my final answer is players. Really? My final answer is players. Dude. So we're split on this. Split. Oh, I love it. Players. Interesting. I feel I'm like I'm the, the the kid from the first parents about to go to counseling right now. <laughs> <laughs> Moving forward. Wait, 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 hold on though. Because the players <laughs> Go ahead. Because <laughs> how are you gonna blame the players if you know uh, what if you know what you're getting from the players though, when you comprise the team? Dude, if if you have if you have more than two Hall of Famers. I don't think I don't think Hall of Famers come into play at all. But I'm sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Yes. What? Yes. No no no. no. Of go course ahead. it does. You have No no, say you what have, you were gonna say. You have like the apex predators sure, sure. of basketball. Sure. Okay. Those are the best play like you you could name but, other people in other countries. But, but, but you know gonna, what you're though? not gonna you're not gonna get a better team than You this. know what the, right, but you know what? Just because you're a Hall of Famer doesn't mean you're a shoot shoot first kind of player. That's all I'm saying. So what your so what your point is that it's not their fault for playing the way that they're playing because yes. that's what that's, that's what how they, they got do. their bread. Yes, that's what they do. You know what you're getting from these players when you're grabbing them for this team. So I think you know what? Ultimately, I'm changing my answer. It's the front office. It, it's it comes down to who assembled the team. <laughs> who assembled the team? I I think it comes down to, to leadership. I I think it comes down to leadership. I mean, if you're that talented, and even if you did run like a bunch of isolation plays, eventually, like LeBron, you're one of the smartest basketball players of all time. Like that guy doesn't not mess at up. the time. He always makes the right play. Not okay, at not, not at that all. time though. He was super young. Debatable. Okay, that's he was fine. young. That's, that's debatable. He may have looked forward. like he was forty-five when he entered the league, but he was still young. <laughs> let's move forward right now. All right, all we right. have a, we have some good content that I want to hear you guys bicker about. Okay, <laughs> deal. All right, moving forward, we have the two thousand twelve OKC Thunder, comprised of. Two on the cusp MVPs in Harden and Westbrook and newfound MVP in Durant. Hmm. If you guys had to pick who is to blame, is it the players? Is it the coach? Or is it the front office? Tim, I think I went first last time. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think it's the players. Um, Ooh. But I, I also don't think that... Um, I also don't think that they were as good as the opposing team that year. Um, I also... Man. 
how many years how many years was uh, were those three guys in at, at this at this time oh like what like how many years have they played mm-hmm. in the league I mm-hmm. want to say like two or three years together so two or three years together if I'm remembering right Harden's still coming off the bench right yeah six men yes mm-hmm. six um, men. Harden was Okay, if I'm remembering right, Harden wasn't as good as he is now. He was not a triple-double factory. He was not really a double-double machine. He could score the ball at the time, though. Um, Westbrook was not a triple-double machine. I think he was. Was he? That year? Yeah. Uh, I mean, he wasn't the MVP triple-double machine where he's vying for stats, but I think he did get right. triple-doubles relatively regularly. Okay, so so Russ is, is getting his at this time. KD has pretty much always gotten his. Um, but I, I think they were young, they were just young enough. Um, it was the first time there. Um, I think they were just young enough to be beaten by a much uh, superior veteran team uh, that took them to task. So I think, you know, it was, it was so long ago, man. Like, I feel like they were coached fine. Who was the coach at the time? Scotty Do you remember? Brooks. Was that Scotty, Scotty Brooks? Scotty Brooks? Yeah. Oh, shoot. Now Who you're going to make me want to say had coach. a lot of fair share of criticism. <laughs> <laughs> I already know I'm going coach. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Uh, I'm going. I'm going coach. You know, it, it, the thing is, like, I feel like I feel like it's the matchup, man. Like, like you said, they went up against the Heat, right? Like, you talk. That was the the Braun the Braun uh, uh, team, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. the big three. That was that was the big Dude. three. But is that how many how many games did that series go to? Was it seven? Or six, um, I think four. Oh, did they get swept? Or three? Because I don't know. Um, oh no, yes, yeah, seven. One, two, three, four, five. Oh, they only okay. played five games. Um, yeah. God, man! It, it, now that you said it was Scotty Brooks, <laughs> I want to say coach. <laughs> I Scotty don't blame is, you. Scotty Brooks is not a good coach. He's not. Uh, no. He's not. He is not a good coach. But at the I same he... time, I feel like the players were overmatched. But also, I'll add this. Westbrook went 0 for 10 in the first half. Took more shots than MVP Kevin Durant. Took shots away from Harden, who was playing his best. And Magic Johnson, who's considered one of the GOATs, said that was the worst point guard performance in finals history. <laughs> So, yeah. I don't know if you want to go with, I mean, Scotty Brooks, the players. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with the players, man. Okay. I'm I'm going to go with coach just because, I mean, you got to know how to put your players in positions to succeed. But the players and should know. The players should know at this point. You're in the finals. You should know the game plan. And if, if, and if, if Scotty one... Brooks could bring them all the way to the finals... They should have been able to do, I, I, you know, <laughs> this actually gets me a little fired up, man. <laughs> if there's one thing that I know, 
I know that players could get you to the playoffs. Coaches will get you a championship. You will right. always have talent. You'll always have talent getting to the playoffs. I mean, we we've seen it with um, with. I mean, I'm for, I I hate this to bring up this team, but I I you, you see it with the Blazers. You know, sometimes we get a little bit out coached sometimes, and I don't think that's necessarily an accident. But you, I mean, you have walking playoff berths in in Kevin Durant. I mean, you don't, how hard do you need to coach Kevin Durant to get you to the playoffs? Okay. Probably not very hard. Let Good me point. ask you this. Probably not very hard. Let me ask you this. The Nets team is comprised, obviously, with Durant and Harden. Which version is better? Which w- version would you guys have? This year's Kyrie or 2012's Westbrook? 2012's Westbrook. Because Kyrie is a basket case. <laughs> I I am with my brother from another mother. <laughs> I'm going with Westbrook. Yes. So yeah. do you think the Nets are out from championship contention then? No. No. No, no, no. I, I think I think I think Harden now versus Harden then. Mm-hmm. Like Harden now is like way better. He's actually like a premier point guard even though he's a shooting guard yeah just because um of the the dimes he dishes he's a he's a great distributor to be honest i would love for them to figure out a way to uh dish irving off for westbrook i just want to <laughs> i want to see the trifecta back together because you know when when <laughs> when they first were together like i remember thinking uh-oh this is going to be a dynasty for a long time because these guys yeah. are hella good. Um, yeah. Obviously, we never got to I see that. I think that's that. the one of the one of the best. That's one of the greatest what ifs, dude. Yeah. One of the greatest what ifs. Besides Odin. Yes. Yes. <laughs> or Jordan to the Roy. Blazers. <laughs> yeah. I'm going in order here. <laughs> oh, my bad. <laughs> All right. I hate to do this, but I have to do it. This is for our Blazer fans. You know, it feels good when you blame it on somebody. We gotta blame it on. We gotta blame on someone in this pod. Our near and dear, oh, or was it 2000 Blazers, my guys, against the Lakers? 99 2000. 99 2000 Blazers. And Tim, I know, speaking, you know, you speak from the fan base. Tell me who are your favorite players from that team. Oh man, there were so many. I mean, you can't you can't speak about that team without mentioning Mighty Mouse, Damon Stoudemire. You know, Greg Anthony was great off the bench. Steve Smith averaged 15 points that season. Um, you know, Scottie Pippen, man, that that was Scottie. that was insane to get Pip on the team, right? Uh, Detlef Shrimp was decent. You know, Bonzi Wells before. He got all crazy and started flipping off fans. Um, you know, Stacy Ogman put in some good good work, and then my favorite, Sheed, putting in the work. You yes, got sir. the Rasta yes, Brian Grant. Yes, you had sir. Arvidas Sabonis. Yes. Not yes, not your Vitas, Arvidas. <laughs> and then you had Jermaine O'Neal, a young Jermaine O'Neal. Like it was Man. a good. A good team, and you know, and, and also shout out to uh, 
Blazer uh, broadcaster uh, Antonio Harvey, former Blazer broadcaster, but he was on the team as well. Man. Stacked. Stacked. Mm-hmm. Absolutely stacked. We got to blame somebody here. <laughs> should I put? Should I add an, another option? Option D, the ref. Oh yeah, it's gonna be correct. <laughs> that was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, I think. Look, Mike Dunleavy was a great coach. Um, I personally, I think it comes down to the players. Uh, I couldn't pinpoint any one specific play or player because I don't remember. I just remember we blew, what, a 20-point lead in the final game to let the Lakers trounce into the finals and win. But, you know, that's... uh, Yeah, that, that one cuts deep, JJ. I know. That I have one. to bring it up though. <laughs> I, I need to blame. We need to blame somebody. It's uh, you know, bent, bent it out. It was. It was. I held it in too. You know, too long inside. The therapy session. Yeah. <laughs> RJ, who are you blaming? I already said the refs. It's got to be the refs. The refs. The refs. <laughs> I think that's probably the most therapeutic one to blame. Yeah, is the refs, but I I think I'm gonna I think I'm with Tim again. I think, I think probably the players. I mean, you can't blow a you, twenty point lead and blame anyone else but the players. You can't you can't blow a twenty point lead in the ninety nine to two thousands. Right. I mean, a, no a, kidding, dude. I mean, a twenty <laughs> point lead now. We see that disappear. We saw that disappear twice in a matter of in a regular season a few game. minutes. Yeah, in a matter of a few minutes, that that was in a what that was that against the Pacers? Did that happen? And the Raptors, no, was, I think. I think it was the Raptors. It was the Raptors. You're right. Mm-hmm. I mean, but in those times, twenty points was like a mountain. And mm-hmm. if you're talking about in the playoffs, I mean, how do you lose that lead? Okay, now I'm hurt. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, for real. Put blame. Come on. Alright, if we're gonna mention our our Blazers that lost to the Lakers, we're gonna have to flip it for 2021. The redeem year. 2021 will be when the Blazers beat the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals and win that God, championship. So if we're gonna spin this on a positive note. If we're going to win this 2021 championship. Will it be because of the players, because of the coach, or because our front office comprised this team with Ooh. a good squad? I think it's gonna yeah, be. This... I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna. I think it's gonna be the coach. I think as long as Stotts can harness the power on this team and unleash it in the right uh, ways and at the right times. If he can catch the reins on the defensive end, I think we're going to be okay. The producer, RJ, what do you think, man? It's got to be the front office, right? Think- uh, like uh, building a team, you know what I mean? I'm with RJ on this one, actually. I'm going to go front office because they're not done. 
Yeah, they're not done. They're they're There's, not done. They, they still have moves to make, and I think if you could find us a rim protector, I think if you could find us, I hate to say this, but the Anthony Simons thing isn't really working out the way that we thought it was gonna work out. I think does, maybe if get you get a, if I think if you get a a better point guard, backup point guard, maybe um, the ball would move around better. But I think it's gonna be on Olshay. I think that's gonna be the big one, especially with these injuries coming. Hmm. I, I think it's going to be I the don't, players. Just because we didn't say the players yet? <laughs> well, that. But, like we said before, talent wins championships with a combination of... Like, I think talent rules everything. You have to, you have to roll the dice to get the best talent possible. The Celtics did it. Got role players. They won with KG Paul Pierce, right? I mean, Ray the Lakers team last year with LeBron and AD, people were saying they, they weren't deep enough. They were able to win that chip last year. At this Blazers True. team, they could go and above and beyond, like last year in the bubble. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're, I mean, I, they're able to do That's a good it. point. And, you know, to further back up my stance, you can't really count on Stotts. He doesn't go deep in the bench. We gotta assume that our our starting not, yet. not I, yet. I'm saying you asked if we win. If you if we win, yeah. if we win, I think it goes to the coach because okay. he figured out a way to turn it around. That's what I'm saying. I think my like faith it. in Stotts isn't there yet, but I'm glad you're optimistic about him. Give the fans hope. Right? You have to be. You have yeah. to be, guys. And I also think CJ's gonna only get better. Oh, uh, speaking of, if you want to talk about CJ, uh, he definitely surprised me when he hit that extra gear this season. Uh, I'm with you because I thought he had hit his ceiling. I thought he he was riding high at the ceiling and then that fool <laughs> broke right on through and showed us a different level this season. So, yeah, I'm with you. I, I agree. Uh, yeah, him and Dame are playing at the same level right now. But with that being said, JJ gave us our first segment of scratching it up with JJ, and you know it was a big hit. That was a lot of fun. I had fun. Thank you, JJ. Thank you, I gentlemen. appreciate for you being on the pod. Shout out appreciate it, man. You and Tim, and shout out to the producer RJ. What up, my guy? Yes, shout out to RJ. Thank you once again fact checking us as always giving us video giving us other sounds thank you rj always a pleasure fellas appreciate you keeping us honest (laughs) definitely keeping us honest and our last thank you of course goes to the fans out there thank you for hitting us up on at busted bucket responding to us during games and after games thank you for just giving us content i mean you guys make it so easy for us all the time just with all your comments and all your questions keep it coming please and with that tim what you got to say that's it for this episode don't forget to rate follow and subscribe if you're digging what we're saying remember to stay safe out there rip city we'll catch you next time on the busted bucket podcast thanks for listening